The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, where Mr. Rudolph Johnson III is the President and CEO, and Judith Winker is our Board Chair. Our mission is developing children, families, and future leaders of our community through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hope today's episode and every episode of Leadership Matters offers value-added, thought-provoking ideals for advancing emerging and current leaders in our communities. I am particularly delighted today about our topic, A CEO's Journey to Success, because I have my boss and the President and CEO of Neighborhood House Association on the show today. Mr. Rudolph Johnson, welcome to Leadership Matters. Thank you, Cheryl. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you. I want to just share a little bit about you, Rudy, before we jump into our conversation. Um, Mr. Johnson actually comes to us from having spent eight years of service with the San Diego Conventional Center. Four of those years, he served as the general manager. And prior to working at the convention center, he came to us, or say he worked with the city of San Diego for nine years. And uh, Rudy, I know your background's a little different in that when you were at the city, I think you were wearing the hat of an engineer, which is what your bachelor's degree was in, civil engineering. Is that correct? Absolutely, Dr. White. You know, it um come a long way from the days of uh, representing the city of San Diego as a field engineer, accepting subdivisions, major streets, bridges, water lines, and storm drains to running, you know, one of the largest nonprofit organizations here in San Diego, California. Yes, and I'm going to go back and just read a little bit more from your bio because he transitioned from that uh, field of civil engineering. I think part of that journey was actually you're going to San Diego State, receiving a master's degree in public administration. And so through his work at the city and then the work at the convention center, he um, landed here, and we'll talk more about that, at Neighborhood House Association, where as a child, Mr. Johnson, you participated in Neighborhood House's federally funded Head Start program, which um, is... Um, great in of itself and that you've kind of come full circle and you're leading this organization with great passion and vision and you've transformed NHA into one of the nation's model human services agency. And so we're excited um, about that. We're also excited about your being an author of a book series, Inside the Minds of a CEO. This, the uh, book that you actually co-authored is Strategies for Building an Agile Organization, Leading CEOs on Establishing Collaboration, 
engaging innovation, and maximizing value. Mr. Johnson has been a guest lecturer for Springfield College, the School of Human Services, and the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities Executive Leadership Institute. He was also selected as one of the diversity MBA Magazine's Top 100 Emerging Leaders. Mr. Johnson also serves as Vice Chair of the Executive Committee for the Congressional Black Caucus, 21st Century Council, and is a member of the Board of Directors for the city, for San Diego Regional Chamber of Commerce. He also serves on the San Diego uh, State University Alumni Board of Advisors. So, um, with that, I bring to you again with great pleasure our President and CEO, Mr. Rudolph Johnson, who's going to join us in really sharing about his journey as CEO. So again, welcome. Thank you again, Cheryl. I'm looking forward to the dialogue, looking forward to the conversation, but more importantly, um, hopefully some of the listenership will join in and really um, start to ask questions either electronically or call in. I really love that interaction uh, with the target audience. Um, If there are, you know, things that I can share about my journey along the way that may be helping Um, an up-and-coming executive or someone who just wants to grow professionally, um, then it's worth the hour we're going to spend here having this chat. Great. So that call-in number for our audience is 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can email in your input be it questions or comments to Leadership Matters Questions at Innovisions.org. Again, at Leadership Matters Questions, no spaces, at Innovisions, I-N-N-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-S dot org. Great. So, you know, Mr. Johnson, I know that I've talked a little bit about Neighborhood House Association and we've mentioned it, but I'd love to have you just share a little bit more about the organization before we jump into um, the meat of our conversation. Absolutely, and it's an organization I just love talking about. It's something that I believe in. I'm not just the president and CEO. As you mentioned, I'm also a former client uh, in 1968 to date myself a little bit. Um, I went through this very same Head Start program. So um, when you, at the onset, you talked about our mission and you said it very well, and I appreciate you always referring back to our mission and uh, the mission is really your your foundation. I mean, we're about um, you know promoting the health, welfare, and growth of our communities. You know, one household, one individual at a time. And I was that individual. You know, I went through this program in 1968. Went through public school systems, historical black college. Uh, got my graduate degree from a predominant uh, college uh, here at San Diego State came back home, went to work, and here I am leading the organization where it all started. So when you talk about our mission, I'm a living example of that mission. It's not just something that we memorize and uh, we pledge, you know, um, outwardly when we're out in public. It's something we live and breathe and believe in every single day. So I get fired up talking about this agency. We're countywide. We serve um, 25,000-plus families a year. Through 13 different programs, our marquee is Head Start. Uh, we also provide youth services. Um, we also provide senior services. 
um, everything in, in between, health services, mental health, etc. Um, and we have about 800 full-time employees. We're a budget of about um, 82 plus million dollars a year. Uh, so you know we're, we have a huge economic impact in the local region as well as a huge mission. Um, so at the end of the day, you know I love talking about this organization, but I'm even more excited about talking um, to you about the journey. You know what it took to get here. And before we get into that, let me just say this: I was out at San Diego State talking to a group of students recently, about three or four weeks ago. And we were just talking about things, you know, uh, in, my, in my life, hurdles, obstacles, challenges that I had to overcome to get to where I am. One of the things I told the students, Dr. White, was that there was no corner liquor store that I went to, walked in, bought a scratch-off to scratch to become president and CEO. You know, they just don't have those kind of lottery tickets. It takes hard work, it takes focus, it takes depth and breadth of experience, and at the end of the day, you know, you just might get the opportunity to do this. So I really get excited about that journey, and I love sharing that story. Okay, great. Well, appreciate your giving that that, um, nice overview of Neighborhood House and then also that which you are passionate about and um, just a little bit off the surface with regards to your um, journey, your being living proof. I want to kind of just start there. You know, what is it like for you to have come full circle to where you're now the president and CEO of a program that you attended as a youngster? Well, it's, it's an awesome responsibility, first and foremost. Um, you know, I think, you know, I've been blessed. You know, I believe in a higher power um, that it's no accident that I've come full circle. Um, I think I was here for this moment in time. We just celebrated our centennial anniversary. Um, I'm the executive through the 50th uh, anniversary of Head Start, right? So I'm dating myself again. Um, So some historic milestones for this agency. And, and, And I believe that a higher power, you know, said, Um, At this point in time, we're going to need one of our own to be at the helm. And, you know, here I've come full circle, and it's just an awesome, awesome responsibility. And so coming in, you know, I had a vision. Um, If you come to the party without a vision, you're not going to be successful as a president and CEO. So you really need to come into this whole situation with some kind of vision about how you're going to lead this organization to whatever level or next step or, uh, you know, uh, next cycle in its evolution uh, is going to be. Excellence was always, you know, my mantra. I knew we had a deep, uh, rich, traditional history in the community, but what I thought was lacking was professionalism and excellence to go along with, um, you know, that deep, long history uh, that we had developed in this community. And I can say after 10 years, I see that level of excellence um, on the horizon um, at, at every one of our 13 programs, and it really is starting to catch a buzz. So I'm feeling real good about where we are. I'm feeling good about the work we've done the last 10 years, and, 
you know, history of judges as we move on. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I, I think it's um, fabulous that you have um, led this um, venture with regards to that clear vision of excellence and professionalism. As we step back and we look back and we think about uh, your journey from, I think, Alaska as a native to San Diego as a longtime resident and then leaving San Diego, going to Texas, Texas Southern initially for undergraduate school and then coming all the way back here to San Diego, what led you to Texas Southern and then what kind of led you back? Just uh, yeah, and give us a, a bit of that great, journey in between. No, great question. You know, First of all, growing up in, in San Diego and being a person of color, um, we were a very small sliver of the population here in San Diego. I happen to be an African-American male. For those of you that have, haven't gone to the Internet and looked us up on the website, um, I'll give you, give you a hint if you're out there listening. So um, African-American population is somewhere around you know, 4% on average of the population in San Diego. So all through my school years, you know, I was um, one of very few African-Americans um, either at my school uh, or in other situations outside of the schoolhouse. So when the opportunity came to um, look at Texas Southern as an option, I was a football player. They offered a football scholarship to, to, to me. Um, I wanted to take the burden of college off the shoulders of my parents. Um, I accepted. I went to Texas Southern in Houston, Texas, and was opened up to a whole new world. Black college is just totally different than any other experience I've had in my life, bar none. And to come from San Diego, California, to Houston, Texas, to a predominantly black college was just an instant culture change overnight. And... um, it was there that, you know, I really established the fact that I could be anything that um, I fixed my mind to be. Awesome. We're going to put a comma right there and come back and um, continue this dialogue. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Where is the best place to put your money? Rick Saylor with co-host Eric Hamburg will take the mystery out of investing in order to keep your hard-earned wealth performing and protecting to its maximum potential. Listen for Straight Talk, Clear Decisions, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I'm delighted that today we have our president and CEO of the Neighborhood House Association, Mr. Rudolph A. Johnson III, on our uh, on the show today. So, Rudy, again, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, and before we went to break, you were talking about some of the the differences uh, that you experienced, or at least you stated there was a difference in the uh, your experience and the culture here in San Diego, and then your journey off to Texas Southern University. Wanted to see if you wanted to say a little bit more about the difference you experienced. Well, I think the major difference, Doctor White, and it's one of those things that you really can't measure, uh, but I think it has a very big influence on your development and growth process, and that is, you know, here in San Diego, um, the places I wanted to go professionally, the things I wanted to do professionally, the areas that I aspired to grow in, I couldn't look on the horizon in San Diego and point to one or two individuals um, that looked like me and came from the same environment as me that was currently, you know, functioning in that capacity uh, that I had an opportunity to sit down and talk to and, and really interact with. Whereas in Houston, it seemed like everyone I was around, everyone I talked to, everyone that looked like me, everyone that came from the background such as mine here in San Diego, were in positions that I aspired to be, and I had the opportunity to reach out and touch them. That was the positive growth. That was the difference for me. That signaled uh, my professional growth and development as a young man. Awesome. What a uh, positive experience, I think, for anyone to be able to look and see themselves in the footsteps of success and just to see that image before them that they can identify with. Absolutely. And and, and let me just say this. You can't poo-poo that. You know, you cannot write that off. That's not something that you can not discuss or talk about in the greater scheme of things because you have these young men and women of color that are growing up in inner cities all over the country that have no role models, positive images, of places they're trying to get to that they can reach out and touch. And I think it hurts us developmentally, um, as a, not just as a group or a certain culture, but as a nation. Because if we're all doing well, the country is doing well. And uh, I just wanted to make that statement as well. Yeah, great. Thank you. I appreciate your sharing that. So when you uh, think about uh, your journey, um, 
back from TSU to San Diego to where you've been now, I'm sure that there are obstacles along the way and there were bumps in the road, and you had to hold on and you had to persevere to kind of get to where you are. Could you talk to us a little bit about that journey? What were some of your bumps along the way or some of your biggest obstacles, and how did you hold on and how did you persevere? Well, those all could be one-hour segment questions, so let me just try to fly 30,000 feet in the air with, with, each, with each one of those questions. And they're valid questions, um, but they run deep. You know, one of the things I want to say is the touchdown coming back from the environment of a black college, Houston, Texas, back to San Diego, is as difficult as the rocket blast out of San Diego going into the environment, if you follow me. Mm -hmm. The reason why it is equally as difficult is because, remember now, four or five years I've been accustomed to looking around, seeing a lot of folks that are successful, looking like me, moving and shaking, being in places, making decisions, and I come back to San Diego where we're, Four or five percent of the population. I don't see anyone. I'm ready to go. I'm all educated up. I'm I'm ready to roll, but the opportunities aren't there. So that's an issue. That's number one. Number two, you know, navigating professionally is different than navigating the neighborhood I grew up in, <laughs> right? In fact, my son is going through that right now. Just graduated from Winston-Salem State University back in San Diego. This is not San Diego like he grew up in. Now he has to navigate San Diego professionally. Totally different. Mm -hmm. The third thing I'll say is once you get into a groove, Dr. White, and you start to establish yourself professionally as a young person of color, African-American male in my case, you really have to understand the rules of the game. Um, your hurdles are going to be a little higher. Your obstacles are going to be a little more difficult. You have to be a little better than the competition. You have to keep your head on a swivel at all times. And it's just the rules of the game. And you have to learn how to navigate that way. But like I said, each one of those answers could be an hour-long show. Mm -hmm. So how does one go about learning the rules of the game, and how does one go about then playing in a way that they are um, able to navigate and win, come up successful? You know, it's interesting when you said earlier the opportunities weren't there. It kind of took me back to a... um, a quote, and I, to this day, I don't know if Stedman said it or if Oprah said it, but, but it was, um, success is when preparation meets opportunity. So I imagine you, and now I imagine your son feeling very prepared and now coming back and looking for opportunities to be successful. So how does one go about, um, finding, creating the opportunities? How does one go about finding and figuring out the rules of the game and then playing accordingly to, to reach what you've reached as it relates to success? Right. A few things. Number one, you know, I go back to my um, spiritual awareness and beliefs. You know, divine intervention is number one. Um, you can try as hard as you may. 
If it's not time for you to open a door or go through a door or have a door open for you, uh, it's not going to happen. You know, so you have to, you know, you, you, you really have to let divine intervention run its course, okay? That's number one. Number two, you have to put yourself in situations to be a winner. And I think this is the piece that a lot of young executives can learn a lot about. If you're trying to get to position A, you need to know the five or six things you need to do now so that when position A window of opportunity opens up, you have all those five or six things under your belt. Because if not, when you get there, someone's going to stop you at the door and say, you need to go back and get them, right? So you have to anticipate kind of where you think you want to be you have to be disciplined enough, focused enough to go do what you need to do for the prerequisites to get there when that window opens up. Lastly, you have to have someone who's willing to mentor you. You know, I was fortunate enough to have a couple professional mentors along the way, and these mentors took big risk on me. You know, here I am, an unproven, young up-and-coming executive who had all the trimmings of, of what it, you, you needed to be successful. But what I didn't have was that window of opportunity, and they just cracked it. They just opened it a little bit. And, you know, I was aggressive enough to shoot through that window, and then you got to perform. You know, it's, it's my six-minute rule. You get five minutes in a room to look good, sound good, say all the right things, but in that six minute, you really have to do something. And I've always prepared for that sixth minute in a room. And um, as young professionals, we need to understand how to prepare for that sixth minute uh, because it's coming. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, and I'm hearing this theme around uh, being prepared, but being prepared has to be connected to that vision and being able to anticipate what you need to do to get those prerequisites met. So when the opportunity comes, and I love you're marrying the preparation with the belief system of the intervention, the divine intervention, and then those that, as you've developed the relationships, may be willing to help along the way. I think those are all just very um, important elements uh, to success that you've brought out. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Thank you. So I know that you are now approaching your 10th year of service as the president and CEO of the Neighbors House Association. In this role, which I'm sure is just one piece of many that you've played, but in this role, what has been your greatest accomplishment? You know, I'm not big on, you know, self-describing what my accomplishments are. You know, history is going to judge that. You know, I've always been focused on a service level of excellence, right? Uh, you've, you've heard me say that time and time again, Dr. White. You, you've helped me as a member of my executive leadership team, achieve that goal along with your colleagues um, and the 800 team members here at NHA. And I really look at, are we excellent across the board? Are we good in San Ysidro, as good in San Ysidro as we are up in 
you know, Carmel Ranch, or out in El Cajon, or right here at Copley in Claremont Mesa. Because anything that has our brand on it has to have the same look, touch, and feel of excellence. Now, personally, I think in the last 10 years, we've moved closer to an excellent level of service, but it really is for our clients, for the community, and for others to judge, and that's probably going to happen after I'm gone from this place, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not the one to say, well, my greatest accomplishment has been in the last 10 years. I'm just happy that we're closer to the vision I had coming in 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, it looks like we're going to need to take another commercial break. And I love your um, stamp of excellence. When we come back, I really want to talk a little bit about um, your legacy because I, I hear one in you and all that you say and do. And then we'll go back to and maybe um, check in to see if we have some questions from our listening audience. So make sure you send those in and we're going to get to them so that we can hear what you want to hear as relates to the journey of success and um, particularly what Mr. Johnson may have to say about that related to his own journey as the CEO of Neighborhood House Association here in San Diego. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovations.org. Now, 
Back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today we're talking about a CEO's journey to success, and with us we have our President and CEO of the Neighborhood House Association, Mr. Rudolph A. Johnson III. Uh, again, thank you so much for sharing with us, Rudy. Oh, thank you for having me on, on the air today. Yes. So before we went to break, I was hearing this mantra around excellence, and I um, love this thought around legacy living and legacy leadership, which really is being intentional about the brand, the reputation, and the impact we want to leave on humanity. And for those that believe in a higher power, it's, um, you know, one would leave that legacy on humanity uh, for the betterment of humanity and to the glory of that higher power that they believe in. If you think about your own legacy with regards to your reputation or the brand you want to leave in the impact um, of that leadership, what would that be for you? You know, here again, that's a difficult question to answer because I never was in this for, you know, Rudy Johnson's legacy, you know, believe it or not. I really didn't think I would ever, um, you know, achieve 10 years here as president and CEO. You know, I was on a three- to five-year plan. I was coming through to do what I do best, which is straighten out organizations, get them on, on the right track, and, you know, on to the next gig, as they say. However, you know, I, 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 I felt in my heart and my soul that there was so much more that I could do for this organization and with this organization if I stayed on a little longer. And how long, I don't know. You know, that'll be up to my higher power. But if there had to be... A Rudy way, let's not call it a legacy, I'm big on, you know, professionalism and excellence. Um, What do I mean by that? I want, even though the majority of our clientele either can't afford or, for whatever reason, can't purchase the type of services we offer on the open market, doesn't mean we have to be average or degradate those services. I see it all the time. When folks go to their local, you know, county or whatever it is, and these are individuals that are in need, the most needy of Americans, we kind of give them average to poor service. Nothing should be further from the minds of the employees of NHA. We want to do our best when those families are in their most needy stage in their life. And the reason why that's so important to me is because I used to be one of those clients. I understand what it's like to eat commodities. I know what it's like to get free and reduced lunch. I know what it's like to go and ask for help. That's why we're going to have the best services in those 13 family of programs that we can offer up. Now, if you want to call that a legacy, fine. It's not a legacy for me. It's just a way of doing business, and it's how we're going to do business as long as I'm president and CEO. 
All right. So I like that, the Rudy way, professionalism with excellence. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much. Gia, I know that you've been scanning for um, emails and um, looking to see if we had some comments or questions from our listening audience. Do you have anything in the queue? Yes, we do. There is one question from Alexander Simon. He's from Rochester, New York. He says, what has been most fulfilling and what has been most disappointing for you in your service as CEO? Well, thank you, Alexander, for that question. You know, fulfilling, probably the fact that I've come full circle and I've been honored enough to serve this organization, an organization that helped me when I was a child. Most disappointing, I probably (laughs) somewhere in my fantasy world thought that if I came to this organization to do the things that I envisioned to do, for the right reasons, that the whole world was going to open up and embrace that concept and be my best friend while I was doing it. (laughs) And that's just not reality. The reality is, you know, it's been a tough gig. It's been a tough ride. We've had to fight and, and scrap and scrape for everything that, you know, we've earned here at this organization in the last 10 years. Because when you're fighting for folks that can't fight for themselves, that's not always a popular position to be in. And you have to be strong enough as a leader, as an executive, to hang in there because you're fighting for more than just yourself. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you, Rudy, and thank you, Alexander. Gia, is there another question in the queue? Yes, we have another question from Patrick, and he's from Nashville, Tennessee. He says, I often hear the cliche, what got you there won't keep you there. Are you still using some of the same strategies it took for you to become CEO, or did you have to change your game plan to sustain your career for this long? That is a great, great question. Um, The short answer is uh, not using a whole bunch of the stuff that got me here. And the reason why, it's been 10 years, so I've grown professionally over the last 10 years. You don't stop growing when you get to the position. And I want to be real clear about that. When I took over, you know, I was a first-time president and CEO. I, I had done all the understudy work. You know, I was a director of ops. I was a GM of a, a world-renowned convention center managing 500 individuals. I had built a $216 million expansion. I had done all the grunt, groundwork, background support work, but I had never been a president and CEO. So every year of my career here at NHA, I'm growing and developing. So 10 years from now is a long time. 10 years from the time I came aboard, I've grown considerably. I've learned a lot. So the things I'm doing now in my 10th year are vastly different than some of the techniques, methodology that it took for me to get in this seat. All right. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. And again, thank you, Patrick. Gia, do you have another question? Yes. Uh, last question is from Samuel. He says, I am an emerging leader and aspiring CEO. If you were looking to hire a successor or a CEO for a nonprofit organization, what attributes or qualifications in a person would you be looking for? Another good question. The first thing is 
I need someone who has a vision. Um, a lot of times we get into a competitive arena. We think we want to be a president, CEO, or executive director of an organization, and you come to the interview, and you really don't have a vision for how you're going to move that organization or a recipe to move it there, right? So I would say vision, recipe, that's number one. Number two, the depth and breadth of experience. Have you done, you know, a large percentage of those areas, those core areas that you're going to be supervising and managing? You know, do you come out of operations? Do you understand budget? Do you understand IT? Do you understand human resources? I want to know that you have depth and breadth of experience, not just that, you know, I'd supervise that from afar. I mean, did you actually get in and roll up your sleeves? And then the last thing is, do you have the ability to represent the brand externally because you're the number one cheerleader of the organization? And as you walk, so walks the brand. Everywhere you go, you never are in, you're, it's never inseparable, you and the brand, except for when you go home because your significant other and your kids or whomever probably don't care anything about your brand at home. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Mr. Johnson, and thank you, Samuel, for that question. You know, Mr. Johnson, you spoke about vision. I'm wondering uh, what motivates you. You know, what's out there, what might be on the horizon that you might be considering as next for you? A great, great question, you know, Dr. White. I mean, I, you know, I'm one of those individuals that, you know, I always have kind of this time clock in the back of my head. And, you know, I always want to come in, do a good job, and really get out before, you know, um, you become kind of uh, old news, so to speak. And, you know, your, your, your ways, your mannerisms, your focus, um, become stale. And so uh, I don't know when that's going to happen. I know I'm in my 10th year. Um, obviously, um, I'd love to be on a state or national level and take the depth and breadth of experience that I've learned, you know, at the city, at the convention center, uh, here at this pretty um, sizable organization and transform um, on the next level whatever that may be, and wherever that is in the country. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. You know, we're going to step back, and I think one of the things that's always, you know, important for any nonprofit organization is the board mm-hmm. and um, the board development process and having that right uh, composition to do the work that you're um, looking to do through you know, your mission and, and moving forward, the vision. How do you go about creating that, that composition, that diverse board that's inclusive and that's reflective of the community and the, um, maybe the different areas, responsibilities, and um, expertise that you need to have on a board? Another great, great question. Um, as you mentioned in my intro and in my bio, um, I do teach at Springfield College. I teach um, their master's program, and um, diversity and inclusion was the subject that I taught this last summer semester. And 
I talked a lot with my students about building a diverse and inclusive board. Number one, board of You know what? I'm going to actually have to have us go to commercial break, but I want you to hold on to that number one, and we're going to come back and hear number one and whatever else you have to follow in just a moment. We're going to be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series on Industry Cloud Trends. Join us to learn about the next wave of industry-specific solutions moving into the cloud. Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Mr. Johnson, I know right before we went to break, you were getting ready to give us your number one on building a board. Sure. So I want to um, continue that conversation. Absolutely. Number one, they need to be reflective of the community that you serve, as reflective as your staff. And so I challenge, you know, any CEO or executive director to start to think that way. Number two, you need to have a diverse set of minds, more than one particular discipline. You don't want to have all attorneys, all CPAs, all business folks. You want to have a mixed bag because I think it produces a richer product. Um, number three, obviously you want gender balance on your board. And then lastly, I think you want to select individuals that don't ordinarily uh, sit on boards together because there's too much familiarity with each other. You want folks that are kind of meeting for the first time because I think you get a richer discussion, a richer decision-making process 
uh, when you get folks that really haven't functioned together and you bring them together, and that's the beauty of having those minds at the table. All right. Well, thank you. And Gia, have you received any additional questions from the audience? We have. We have a question from Victoria. She says, great story and work, Mr. Johnson. What do you look for when selecting a senior-level support team? Well, thank you, Victoria. I'm not sure where Victoria is from, but thank you, Victoria, uh, and thanks for listening. Um, What I look for is depth and breadth of experience, number one. I talked about that as you're uh, progressing uh, to a leadership position, you want as much experience in as many different arenas as you can. Number two, I like someone who's what I call laser-focused on issues. That means someone who you're going to give an issue, um, a project to, and you know they're going to bring it uh, back complete. And then lastly, obviously, you want someone who's a great fit inside your organization because you're probably going to have a lot of individuals that are hungry, uh, smart, um, cutting edge, innovative, and they have to work well together. And that's my job as the president and CEO is to make sure everyone is working well together. Great. Well, thank you again, Victoria, for your question, and thank you so much for responding to it, uh, Mr. Johnson. You know, as we... um wind down from our um, episode today, I'm wondering, Mr. Johnson, are there any final thoughts or any key takeaways that you hope our listeners will take from today's um, show? Well, you know, we've been talking about this in between the breaks, and I think one of the things that um, I really missed about today's show was I really love doing this face-to-face because I think um, to see, you know, the... the, um, body language, to see the commitment that, you know, Dr. White and I both have for this organization. Uh, it, it doesn't come through on the radio, but, you know, we're very committed. So love to do something like this in an arena uh, closer to you face-to-face. If you're out there listening and you want to call Dr. White up, her and I will come out, you know, and, and do it uh, for a group of leaders, emerging leaders. That's number one. Number two um, I think, you know, if you're aspiring to be a leader, CEO, executive director, the important point today is to remember to have a vision and a recipe for success. If you come to the party without a vision, um, you're just going to be, you know, part of a group of individuals trying to compete. Um, if you don't have a winning recipe, you're not going to really know how to move the needle and get your organization to where it needs to be. And then I guess the last thing I'll say is, you know, be patient with yourself in the process. Um, you're not going to build a winner overnight. Um, it's unfair for anyone to ask you to build a winner overnight. And so um, if you're, you know, if you're honest with yourself, I think you'll understand that it probably will take um, maybe two or three years to get that done. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, be patient with the time it takes to develop oneself and then the career that we're wanting, the life that we're wanting. Um, such a great reminder that it does take time. Uh, Rudy, I'm wondering if there are any um, 
words of wisdom that were offered to you by others that you might share? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I keep referring back to my time at the convention center because it probably was my most impressionable time as a professional. But my mentor, you know, there was President CEO who's still there, Carol Wallace. Um, she used to always tell me to stay laser focused. It's a, it's a, it's a phrase I use a lot here, and that's where I got it from. Um, you know, I, and it really meant stay sharp at all times. You don't get the ability to lose your focus, unfortunately, um, if you're looking to move up in the world. And, um, you know, I really appreciate her leaving with me with that thought process because from the moment, you know, I leave my house to drive into work to, you know, the time I'm turning the doorknob to get back in, I'm trying to stay focused on my responsibility as president and CEO of this organization. Mm-hmm. So, Rudy, you have had a very, uh, I think, rich life, and um, you have shared a lot uh, today, and you've shared a lot, I think, throughout your um, career, years and years and years of, of service in the, the public sector and in the nonprofit sector. Um, anything to you that you um, like most treasure from your journey? What would be your greatest treasure from the journey? You know, I don't think there's one thing in particular, Dr. White, I think it's the body of work that I treasure. You know, I, you know, resumes don't, don't mean a hill of beans and bios don't really mean a hill of beans, but when I look at it collectively and I think of what my higher power has allowed me to experience professionally, you know, I've built a convention center. <laughs> I've managed a world-renowned convention center. I've managed a state-of-the-art um, social service agency here in San Diego. I was part of a team at the city of San Diego that built a lot of subdivisions, pedestrian bridges, water lines. The depth and breadth of that experience collectively is what I treasure, not any one particular thing. And, you know, I know I didn't go to a store and scratch off a ticket to become president and CEO. And folks don't realize that about you unless you talk about your journey because when they see you, they only see you for who you are in that moment. They see you as the president and CEO of this organization. They don't know all the background. They don't know your history. They don't know your journey. They don't know your perseverance to get here. And, you know, it's amazing when you look back and reflect on it, that's how I know it's divine intervention. And that's why I was more than happy to come on your show and really talk about that journey. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, thank you for being willing to uh, engage. I just one uh, final question. That is that body of work that you just spoke of. Any, um, like, just nugget of, um, one might say, a great learning that has come out of the body of work? Anything you might sum up? <laughs> mm, I, I guess the, the the only the only thing that comes to mind in terms of body of work is I'm well prepared for that six minute professionally in life. You know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. there 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 are no situations really that scare me anymore professionally um, that I don't think I can't rise to the occasion and 
sum up the courage and the energy to do because I've been there. You know, I've been in the trenches. I come from the trenches. And, you know, when we're around here, whether it's building new central kitchens or talking about our IT repairs or software upgrades or talking about bringing on new um, human resources staff or talking contracts with our legal department or board retention, board development, fundraising, um, OD, you know, uh, <laughs> these are all things that my depth and breadth and body of work has trained me for. That is right? awesome. So I yes. feel good about that. Great. And again, we just so appreciate your coming on today and sharing your journey. And Gia, we appreciate your um, scanning for those emails and sharing the voices um, of those who sent in questions. So uh, thank you also to our listening audience. We appreciate your tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.